Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told and you are among friends. Tonight, the return of Canada's Edgar Casey and the last of the sleeping prophets, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell. And he is here, I am delighted to say, for the full two hours. He'll talk about his visions for the future. We'll also talk a little bit about the uh, the Akashic field. And if you've had an unusual dream, perhaps a precognitive dream or something you, you suspect may be precognitive, Douglas will attempt to interpret that for you. In the second hour, Douglas Cottrell stays with us and will conduct a live remote viewing experiment on the air. Douglas has chosen an object that will remain hidden from view, and I'll attempt to ascertain what that object is using my nascent remote viewing skills. And I encourage you to try and uh, do the same. Find a, a quiet place in your home. Maybe turn on a small table lamp, grab a notepad, a pen, a pen, a pen, a pen or pencil, and listen to Douglas's instructions. It's really just that simple. This is really about transcending time and space. Don't think, just see. Get your mind out of the way. And you will be amazed at what you can do. And we've tried these a number of times on this program, on Coast to Coast AM, on my podcast. And uh, I've, I've surprised myself, quite frankly. Towards the end of the program, we'll, um, we'll post an image of the object on my Twitter feed, at Richard Serrett. And uh, uh, Carlos, back in studio, whoever comes closest to identifying the object will receive a free copy of Douglas Cottrell's The Secrets of Life, a wonderful book, and uh, with a foreword by yours truly. So... No, I'm sorry. That was another book I'm thinking of. <laughs> I've written a couple of forewords, but not uh, not for the secrets of life. Uh, anyway, um, we'll, uh, we'll 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 do the remote viewing experiment in the second hour. So get ready for that. Doctor Douglas James Cottrell, best known as a, a trans clairvoyant, spiritual healer, teacher, published author, who uh, demonstrates many of the abilities studied by noetic sciences, the study of consciousness, including clairvoyance, telepathy, energy healing, or remote viewing, prediction and prophecy. He's one of a select few able to demonstrate all of these abilities and even fewer who are considered a reliable information source. He teaches people the world over about spiritual development through the practice of meditation and the application of spiritual principles in daily life. And um, we'll also tell you about one of his upcoming uh, courses on dream interpretation. That's happening July, happening July 10th, but we'll give you some more details here. Also, I mentioned uh, we're giving away a copy of Secrets of Life. That's one of his books. And uh, also, The Complete New Age Health Guide, The New Earth, A Prophetic View of Our Future, Gems of Wisdom. That was the other one. I wrote uh, the foreword to that as well. And, and uh, The Complete New Age Health Guide. Uh, and Conversations with the Akashic Field. I think I might have written the forward to that as well. Uh, but let's talk to the man who actually wrote the books, not just, you know, I wrote a few words in the foreword. Douglas, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Terrific. All right. And 
um, why don't we give those details right now? The um, the upcoming workshop on dream interpretation, right? It's going to be a webinar, and uh, if people want to uh, go to my website, douglasjamescottrell.com, they can uh, right away get all the information for this dream, I guess, webinar uh, workshop. It's everything you want to know about what goes on when you sleep. Dreams, remote viewing, prophetic, uh, seeing the future type dreams, dream messages, how to incubate a dream so that you can make a decision, what's coming up. Uh, And it uh, defines the different types of dreams that we have from symbolic to prophetic to a combination or mixture of them. Anyway, it's jam-packed. It's a four-hour webinar. It's jam-packed. Uh, I interpret dreams very well, and we're going to talk a little bit about that on the show tonight. And uh, we'll um, do our best to help people tonight understand their dreams. Dreams, I believe, forecast everything that's happened in your life. Nothing that you do has not first been dreamt. And then, of course, some of the dreams you can see way into the future, and you can get the so-called psychic newspapers and see prophetic events. And we'll talk a little bit about those things that I've seen that's current and also some of the things we can review because I've made a lot of predictions on your show and they have oh yes and so this is this is the best way when you sleep and your mind's able to reach out and to uh, tap that information in a let's say a a calm way there's no emotional attachment and you can see the future we can see the future it's interesting you called it the psychic newspaper I like that the psychic newspaper so I've had, you know, dream interpreters on the program uh, a number of times, and it's usually the symbology we talk about, the the Jungian symbols. So if you dream, I don't know, maybe your teeth are falling out. I've had, I used to have that dream a lot, and, and someone would come on and say, well, that means that you're struggling to communicate. I guess they're utilizing sort of a Jungian symbology. Others, maybe they use archetypes like the tarot. What is your method? Are you looking at all dreams as precognitive or prophetic in a way? Well, there are different types of dreams. There are health dreams like that, which can talk about your health. Something where all your teeth are falling out might first mean that you have some gum disease. You actually have a problem with your teeth. Usually when you lose a tooth, however, in in my experience, um, Interpreting that would mean that death is going to happen in your family. You're going to lose someone. Uh, uh, For instance, uh, cutting your hair. You have long hair. That means getting rid of worries. And where does that information come from? Well, over, you know, more than 40 years of dealing with uh, the intuitive mind and meditation uh, in such a way that I'm seeing things like a remote viewer, only it's clairvoyant, uh, I've been able to put together... Well, a pretty concise understanding of dreams, the symbology of the dreams, the different types of the dreams, and depending on your nationality or your heritage, that can influence the dream as well because different people from different countries think differently. But there is a mask, a sort of a combination, a a root, a root word, if you will, of dreams. And uh, I interpret dreams from based on my experience, and I've been, I've been writing my dreams down every day for, since 1974, 75, somewhere in there. And I've amassed a great amount of information and experience in interpreting dreams. But there's the interpretation of the symbolic 
dream, which is the mind's language. You know, we, we don't dream in words, although sometimes words are spoken, and that may be a, an angel or a message from the high self, again, another dimension of your uh, dream state. But most often, the symbols that you see, the scenes that you see, are important. And my methodology also incorporates directions, speed, uh, action in the dream, and you get a combination of all those different factors, you get a pretty accurate interpretation of a dream. You can get stock movements or commodity movements in dreams. Somebody's going to buy a bottle of Coca-Cola. Well, if you're involved in the stock market, that could be a symbol to buy Coca-Cola stock. If you're not, then buying Coca-Cola means something that you have to buy Coca-Cola for a party that's coming up or you should drink Coca-Cola. Now, uh, I'm not going to go into the health concerns of uh, what Coca-Cola is good or bad, but those are actual dreams people have had, and it's fascinating. And I, I love to interpret people's dreams because it's like a puzzle. And then when you get to the puzzle, scene by scene, you dilute it down to a single sentence, and you have the interpretation of what sometimes might see a a nonsense dream, a dream that didn't make any sense. There you were running down uh, in front of a locomotive with a wheelbarrow in hand, uh, running down railroad tracks, and then off in the distance you could see mountains, and you knew you had to push this, this uh, uh, wheelbarrow over, the, over that mountain. And you wake up from that, and you go like, oh, God, what does that mean? Well, you're on track. You're pushing something down the track, that wheelbarrow represents whatever's in the wheelbarrow is really important. The train's behind you. That means that you have power or energy to push you forward. And the mountains in the distance aren't a hardship. That's success because you're going up to the mountaintop. You see how the, the perspective, breaking it down into scenes, taking a look at the action, and then concluding what they um, represent together, you can get a fairly good uh, interpretation. And when that dream actually was, uh, was given to me, it was a man who was uh, starting a business. And so he was laboriously pushing things in the wheelbarrow, meaning the responsibility and the startup uh, of his business. But it was forecasting that it's going to be hard. He's on track. He's going to get a lot of push from behind, but he ultimately will make it up to the high mountain and be very successful. True story. Oh. All right. Wow. That's it's very nuanced and very layered. I mean, it's more than as you say. It's more than just about symbols. It's about action. It's about uh, it's about color. It's about movement. It's about the pace. Yes, there are symbols involved too. What about? And someone mentioned this on the uh, the YouTube live chat. And if you do have a question, if you have a dream you'd like interpreted, and you're in the YouTube live chat, just in, in just summarize it in, as as much as you can briefly as you can, and then Ryan will relay that to me, and I'll relay it to Douglas. So, uh, somebody mentioned flying, and I uh, i haven't had one of these dreams in a while, but I used to dream constantly about being pursued, and knew I knew I had the ability to fly, but I couldn't quite lift off the ground. I would, I would kind of be just kind of skipping over the hedges, and then I would be back down on the ground, and I'd try to run and jump up again, and I'd be up and up for a while, and I would come back down. What does that mean? Okay, short answer, fear of success. Sure, fear of success, wow. Fear of success. 
That's a very common dream. When you're flying, depending on how high you go, of course, you're flying high, you're, you're being successful, but because you couldn't get off the ground and you were just hedge hopping, you know, you were, you were right. flying, I've had the, uh, this dream has come up many times, so I know that the short answer to that was period of success. Otherwise, you would have, you would have took off. You would have, you know, been successful. And that, because that's in the past, that would be you seeing these hedgerows or bushes as being somewhat obstructions in your way, but you're able to hop over them. You know, you did get over them, so you were overcoming the obstructions or difficulties. And ultimately, uh, again, the dreams are all forecasting your career. Back then, you weren't flying high, you weren't a celebrity, and you haven't had all the television and radio experiences like you've had in your coast-to-coast -coast, uh, celebrity ship and things like that. And whatever was holding you back, you overcome. But that's what you were jumping over and you're going along. And I suspect, because I sometimes see people, I, sorry, I sometimes see people's dreams as well as they're having them or describing them to me. And so I could see like the, the hedgerow, hedgerows weren't that high, but the field was all green, right? The ground was green. Do you remember? I'm trying to remember. Um, okay. Yes, okay. All right, I know what, yeah. Okay, so what that means is green fields, green grass is good karma, benefit or reward, and so you cannot fail. However, the fear of success uh, is what that symbol, condensed down to that little scene, usually means. Now, not too many people interpret dreams like I do from a multi-level or multi um let's say, um, multi-segment uh, and putting them together. It's, it's kind of like people take a say, oh, there, there's a frog. Oh, you're going to kiss a prince. No, <laughs> a frog might be a problem. It might be uh, um, an issue with, uh, uh, with something's coming up you're, or somebody, especially if the frog makes that croaking sound, it may be somebody's going to die, somebody's going to croak. But I need to know more, the action. What happened around the frog? What your perspective? Context. Were you high right. up in the air? Were you walking on the ground to get a proper interpretation? All right. Now, when we dream, are we are we leaving? Our, is our soul body leaving our body? Are we astral traveling? How do we? I mean, how do we know? How do we determine whether we're having that type of dream when we're leaving our body? Okay, you come to my workshop on Saturday the 10th, and I'll tell you all about those different things that you're referring to. Uh, an out-of-body experience, a, a soul-traveling experience, is uh, like you're a disembodied um, um, mind. It's like you're looking through your eyes and you're moving forward. You know when you're in a car and you're looking out the front of the car and, and things are going by, you don't see the inside of the car or even yourself. Your vision is focus forward. That might be a out-of-body experience or, um, as, as that used to be, a, an astral traveling dream. But again, what was going on? If you're going through real-life things, like, you know, you're in the schoolyard, you went to the shopping mall, you were going down the highway, this would be you looking ahead at what's going to happen in your life, in real life. If it was, it was strange places, trees that look like flames, 
and you're maybe going to different round things that might look like planets. This could be an astral traveling thing where you've actually left your body behind. And the key to understanding that is how you woke up. Did you wake up uh-huh. with a bang, you know, a jerk? And right, you have right. A pain on your forehead. That's another body experience or an astral traveling experience, put it that way. And that's how you tell the difference is how you woke up. Uh, but again, moving through time and space, you can see yourself in the future. I once had a, a vision dream. I was all in shimmering yellow, and there were some other people with me, and we were in a room, and there in front of us at a, a dresser was the great Edgar Casey. And he turned around and he, he looked right at me, and I said to him, and I knew it was 200 years in the future. I don't know how I knew that, but I did. And I said to him in a surprised tone, you can see us, because there were a couple other people with me. And then I woke up. So in that situation, I was in some sort of shimmering body. I was ahead of uh, going ahead in time 200 years. And Edgar Casey right away turned around and could see us. Now, it's been uh, predicted that he'll come back at some time in the future, and so perhaps that'll be 200 years from now. But that was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience in as much as that I met him. We were all shimmering, so we were in our spiritual bodies, and he right away could see us. So if it was another time where I was going ahead in the future, like I have seen uh, uh, things that are going to happen, and I'll throw this out now. We're going to talk about prophecy because dreams are prophetic, as I say, the psychic newspapers. I have seen... Uh, the Canadian Parliament buildings slipping off the hill and going down into the Ottawa River as if a boat was being launched down the side of the hill. And before that, the water was, you know, know, when you see raindrops coming from above and you see they hit the ground and there's a a bounce up of the, the water, like little, like percolating. Right, right. That's what was going on in the river. So I knew that underground there was some sort of earthquake or something taking place to make the water shake like that. And, of course, it was a huge area. There were little boats in there as well, you know, in trouble. But the building slipped down the hill, not all the way, more like half the way. That but couldn't that be a metaphor, Douglas? Couldn't that be a meta- like a symbol that parliament is in trouble or democracy is in trouble? Or is it – how do you know to take it literally or figuratively? That's a, that's a very good question. Because it was a sequence of events. The water was percolating, the boats were in the water, and then all of a sudden, just like if it was an aircraft carrier, it dipped down and slid down a hill en masse. I had all right, I've, Douglas, sorry, pardon the interruption, Douglas. I've got to take a break here. We'll come back and we'll get back to that vision of the Parliament buildings slipping, sliding, launching into the Ottawa River. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, my guest, douglasjamescottrell.com. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Welcome back. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, one of those rare individuals like Edgar Cayce, Paul Solomon, Ross Peterson, who found a way to access an energetic merge point at which all consciousness and knowledge is shared. And uh, the website is douglasjamescottrell.com, douglasjamescottrell.com. 
so you were talking about this dream you had of the federal parliament building sliding off of Parliament Hill and into the river. And I asked you, how can you tell if it's metaphoric? Because some might say, yes, well, uh, our democracy is in jeopardy right now. Um, our oh, freedoms are in, in at, but you're saying that this was literal based on the context, I guess. Right. It's the, the sky was dark. The water was uh, bubbling up, you know, with the percolating. There were ships in the, in the water that were in trouble. They were obviously going to go under because of the, the way the water was behaving. And then from my position, which was sort of floating back sufficiently enough to see the entire view of the parliament buildings and to see it go into the water, I was on um, the side, in the, the uh, Ontario side versus the Quebec side. I wasn't in Hull. And so uh, all those things were real. And I don't, I don't have any concern about the Parliament buildings. I don't have any ill feelings about the Canadian government. I don't have any wishful destruction. So there was no bias that way as far as my emotional state was. But it was an observation. And it didn't last too long. It was just a, um, a moment, shall we say, to see those scenes. But the idea was it was real, it was intense, and it was vivid. So this was actually seeing something that was going to take place. If it was more symbolic, there might have been some, you know, the, the building could have rolled over or it, uh, uh, it would have done something, uh, there would have been some cartoonish um, um, quality to it. Right, because right. So do you have a timeline? I mean, when, when you get a vision like that, that the, the parliament buildings are literally going to slide into the Ottawa River, does that come with a, with a, uh, a time stamp on it? Well, that, I didn't see it other than I knew it was going to be an earthquake that started the whole thing because, the, uh, you know, the water was percolating. And it only happens when earthquake or, or below the water. Um, well, yeah, I'll give you that answer in a second. I could see the, the water was behaving in such a way because it was percolating or the waves were popping straight up that I knew this was subterranean and there was some earthquake taking place. There is an earthquake that goes along the Great Lakes from Toronto all the way up to Ottawa. A fault line, uh, it yes. A, it is on a fault line. So that's another clue that this is, uh, you know, real. Uh, now, the distance away from it is how I time things. Okay, so I was at a distance away, I don't know, a kilometer or less. So I would say this is going to be a few years. When you are right, right up close and personal to somebody, uh, like they're right in your face, the event that's going on, provided it's a real prophetic event, it's going to happen shortly. If you're back across the room or across the street, then there's going to be some time. But uh, to answer your question, it was a good point, is that I was at a distance looking at this. So this could happen within the next five or ten years. It wasn't too far away, but it was far enough away for me to see all these things. I was floating above the water. So I was close, but not too close. So I'm going to say anywhere between two and five or ten years. That's all right. It's just, that's, just, I, that's just a deductive thing, but it's going okay. to happen for sure. I've been right. the White House, too. Uh, you have talked about the White House ago. being underwater or being, uh, yeah, uh, yes, underwater, underwater yes, a number of times. Yeah, it was, um, it was flooded. It was inundated with water, and there were, the, the toilets were all backed up. There were, it had been vacated. Uh, there were no paintings or furniture in the building. And the poor people were inside the building, milling around. And I was going along the side of the wall with my hand going like, wow, I'm in the White House. 
<laughs> but I could see the front uh, veranda on the on the second floor, which was where my perspective was inside. So I don't know when that's going to happen. And I wondered, could that possibly happen? And then I looked at a map, and I see, gee, there's this big waterway that comes right up towards the White House, the Potomac right. River. The Potomac River, so, that's right. Yeah. So I've seen that. And, um, again, the trouble with future... Uh, psychic news, if the psychic newspapers is that uh, you see things they happen right away, or then they don't happen for a long time. They're, you know, there's going to be trouble with uh, with the president and the vice president. People don't like them, and there's going to be some really bad stuff there. I'm not going to say what it is, uh, but several other people have had the same dream. And it would behoove the president and the vice president to have extra security, let me tell you. So, having seen things doesn't mean you necessarily have to say things or get worried about them. It's kind of like psychic newspapers. You read the headline and you write it down. Now, people are interested in Bitcoin and they're interested in gold. I'm going to make a prediction tonight that gold is going to go to $3,000. Because I've had that in the same way coming to me in a dream. I was buying gold bars for $3 and then it was $30. So I woke up and I, well, you can't buy gold for $3 or $30, but it was showing me it's going from a lesser number to a bigger number, and of course, $3,000 is the number. So I predicted on your show that gold was going to go to, way back in the day, 900 when you were at, yes. what was it, CFRB or whatever? Yes, it went to, yes. It did go up to 900. I said it was going to go up to 2,000, anywhere between 18 and 2, and it's done that. And my next prediction is... Uh, up to 3,000. For those people out there saying, well, smarty pants, if you can see this is happening, why don't you make money and invest in gold and silver? Well, I did. When I was 29, I retired. I had a small fortune. Moved to the country. That was a mistake. <laughs> why so? City boy, why? City boy going to the country? Oh, my God. Ah, all right. You know? From a lifestyle point of view. Uh, can I... Uh, get in here with a question from our YouTube live chat. Uh, Kathy uh, writes, it began with several female voices speaking in unison inside my head. Are you ready to receive? Then I was standing in complete darkness and a stairway lit up in bright lights, um, which appeared before me as it was moving towards me. Then I looked down and I was standing on one of the steps I found myself suspended in space with a circle spinning around me, almost like being inside a tornado. And something came pouring from above onto my head and into my body, almost like, uh, uh, sorry, almost like light energy sparkles filled my body. Sorry, this is, uh, I, I need to scroll down here. Um, Almost like energy filled my body. This was the most amazing experience I've ever had. I'd love to hear your interpretation. So again, uh, female voices speaking in unison. Are you ready to receive? Standing in darkness and a stairway lit up in bright lights appeared before me as it was moving towards me. I looked down. I was standing on one of the steps. Found myself suspended in space with a circle spinning around me, almost like being inside a tornado. Something came pouring above my Above, onto my head, and into my body, almost like light energy sparkles filled my body. Okay. Short answer is divine inspiration, light, healing uh, energy came into this woman. The voice you heard was an angelic voice, or voices were uh, 
a chorus of, of, uh, of voices. I see a lot, more, I see more than one. And so they were asking, are you ready to receive? And then the staircase represents success. And it represents from the lower level to the higher level, or in this case, from one dimension to the next, to the next, to the next. And that's why the lady found herself stepping on the first step, taking the first step, initiating it, also being in agreement with willing to receive this energy from above. And as she said and described it, it came through her and it felt, uh, you know, felt fantastic energy. It was a spiritual healing, it was a spiritual enlightenment, enlightenment, and this whirlwind or going around you is how spiritual any encompasses you. It comes in a circle, and she was lifted up. So she, this dream is saying she's taken the first step to some sort of spiritual advancement or awareness or awakening. There's more steps to take, but she's being guided from above. So she's obviously accepted the gift of divine healing, divine inspiration, or an awakening, something that is really positive spiritually. Not only did she see it, hear it, she felt it. And that's what a spiritual uh, revelation is all about. All right, Kathy. I hope you found that useful. Uh, Douglas, stay put. We'll take another time out. Back with more of our conversation when the uh, Conspiracy Show continues. Don't go away. Providing the evidence and letting you Draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarin. And we are back with Douglas James Cottrell, douglasjamescottrell.com. And uh, Douglas James Cottrell, C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L, C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L, douglasjamescottrell.com. Another dream from our YouTube live chat. And uh, let's see, this one is from... Andrew, Andrew Boyle asks, what does a a white snake mean in a child's dream, Douglas? A white snake in a child's dream. Well, I need to know more to be exact on that, but a white snake uh, might be a spiritual symbol. Um, It might be some sort of um, symbol uh, like prosperity, because as we know, you know, when you look at the snakes in antiquity, and also in Rexall and different different places, you'll find snake is always associated with healing. Now, it could mean that, that there's some sort of spiritual benefit. It could also mean that it's a, a fear, okay? It's a, uh, a benevolent fear, and it could be a fear of snakes, or it could be a fear of something else that, like a, you know, some, like a, a snake in the grass. Depends on where the snake was. Uh, it could represent that there is a a, uh, a sibling or a friend that uh, the little girl is afraid of. But I need right. to know more. I need to know more. But anyway, that oh. it, usually it's fear. But in, in this situation, it could represent, especially if the child was holding it, it could mean something uh, like a divine good thing rather than a bad thing. Right. Okay. Andrew, hope that is uh, helpful. Uh, GBGN1. GBGN1 asks, I'd like to ask about a a dream I had. After my grandfather died, we were walking in a field on his farm, and I felt peace. It's the only dream I've ever had in black and white. This was in black and white. Interesting. 
was he with his uh, grandfather? Is that- uh, it says, we were walking in a field on his farm, and I felt peace. Yeah, and let me get that. Felt peace or heat? Peace. P-E-A-C-E. Peace. He felt at peace. And he, oh, and he dreamt it in black and white. Okay. So black and white is a um, outer body. It's a truth, black and white, you know, no, no room for whatever um, in between, no for misunderstanding. He's on his father's farm. His father's bought the farm. He's a grandfather. He's dead. And he feels at peace. The peace he was feeling was the grandfather at peace with his death. So that it was to reassure him that it was okay. And to me, it looks like they were walking on some yellow straw or something. It didn't look like grass. But the black and white is um, the reason we dream in color is we know ourselves more exactly. But this one is to show separation of two dimensions, clear, factual. And the feeling of being at peace is, is the grandfather is at peace with his death or that the, the man is being shown to be peaceful. Don't worry about me. Again, that's, that's, if there was more details, I could be more specific. But that's right, a good right. Dream. Life how do death. we know? How do we know if we're actually being visited uh, in real time by relatives who've passed on versus just a an, ordin- an ordinary dream, if I can use that term? Yeah, it's like having an ordinary conversation with with people, and you know, uh, you never know where the conversation is going to go. But in this state, that's a really good question. Usually, generically. Uh, different nationalities, different people, different ages. When your parent passes over and all of a sudden you see them standing at the foot of your bed or beside you in the bed, they're in color, they're in uh, their 30s or 40s, they look vibrant, they're healthy, and usually they're just smiling at you. That's a visitation of mommy or daddy or grandma and grandpa, but usually mom and dad. When people come to your bed, and sometimes people have had this experience, I've had it myself, you look down towards your feet, you are wide awake, but you can't move. You're wide awake and you can't move. And that's your wide awake spiritual self separating from that physical body because of that little mechanism we have in the back of our brain that stops us from running around and doing crazy things while we're sleeping, you know, puts the body to sleep while the mind's still active. So you're in between. And in that situation, you're being visited. And and in this case, it was a deity. It was a spiritual being. Uh, It wasn't a relative. On another occasion, uh, you might have a relative come to you and say a few words, like, I always thought you were okay, meaning you know, some distant relative that you always thought didn't like you now comes and and their death hasn't been reported to you yet. They come and they say goodbye in that way, like, I always thought you were okay. And then you hear of their death the next day. Most often, you know, when you get, uh, when you become older through life, you start to lose friends that you used to go to high school with or that they're people you worked with. And more often than not, they'll show up in your dream. Sometimes just like there and gone. Sometimes they'll shimmer, be in a shimmering position or, or, or garments. But usually when they show up like that, 
then you have a report of their death in the next little while. But they come, it's vivid, you can see them. It's different than a vision where everything's black around them and there's just yourself and another person that's lit up almost like they have spotlights on them and the two of you are having some interaction or two people are having interaction and you're observing it. it that's different than this situation where you're viewing, interacting, communicating with this person either by uh, sight or by a few words. That is a real soul visitation to you. All right, cool. We'll uh, we'll take a quick time out, Douglas, come back, interpret some more dreams. And uh, just a reminder, in the second hour, we will conduct a remote viewing experiment live on the air. And whoever comes closest to ascertaining the, the object, you'll... Uh, receive a free copy of Douglas's book Secrets of Life douglasjamescottrell.com back with more of the conspiracy show stay with us the owners of the system are asleep now we can play the conspiracy show with Richard Sarrett all right welcome back Douglas James Cottrell Dr. Douglas James Cottrell stays with us um, we're doing some dream interpretation here. Solar Warden's dream, Douglas. Uh, this dream, she writes, was one I had on repeat until the age of eight. The same scene in each dream. I'm in a room, but it's not a normal room. The size of either me or the room is distorted, like gravity is not right. And there's a small door I'm always looking at each time in the same spot. I feel a presence, but... No one is visibly. No one is visible near me. So again, she she has this repeating dream until the age of eight. The same scene in each dream. She's in a room. It's not a normal room. The size of either me or the room is somehow distorted. Like gravity's not right. There's a small door. I'm always looking at each time. She senses there's a presence, but no one is visible. Okay, two things come to mind. Uh, it's all black that she's looking at. This could be a. Uh uh, a review, a memory of being incarcerated in a castle somewhere in a previous lifetime. Okay? Interesting. All right. Yep. So she's seeing this. She can't get out. Things aren't right. It's all dark. And the, the way I have it, it's kind of like a little bit of a curvy room, like going down. That's what makes me think it's a castle. And then the next is the uh, memory of being in a womb before she was born. Think All right, my, it's my apologies. I think I missed that was my mistake. Solar warden is not a, a she; it's a he. A solar warden. I, I apologize. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I don't know if that changes anything, but irrespective of the gender, doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, uh, this is it from a spiritual perspective: either a memory of being incarcerated in a castle or some small, you know, um, catacomb or or, uh, or or cell, you know. And then the second is uh, the view uh, of being in the womb prior to being born. The doorway representing the birth canal. Uh, gravity's not right because you're in the womb, you're moving all around, you know, you're upside down kind <laughs> of thing. And the door was always in the same place. So while the fetus would be moving around in the womb, the exit was always in the same place. And this could have been some sort of fear of, I got to go through that little door. Oh my God! Because birthing is extremely traumatic for 
uh, humans, for most of us or half of us or some of us it's easy, but for a lot of people it's a pretty hard journey going through the uh, birth canal. And this could be a, a memory, and, and it faded away at the age of eight because somewhere between seven and eight years of age, we forget our previous lifetimes, uh, what it was like in the pre-existence where our soul was coming down to select our mummy and the family we were in because we, you join the family by choice. It's, it's not random, not willy-nilly. You, your soul, chose where you are right now, who you are, that is, to come into that family. So you can't blame mommy and daddy and say, I didn't ask to be born, it's all your fault. <laughs> no, it doesn't work, my friends. You chose it. So but up until that point, seven or eight years of age, that's when the memory of previous lifetimes, previous experiences, previous dimensions or locations where your soul was, fades away. It's kind of like, you know, you get sealed in the body. We've heard that that's, there's seven seals that hold us in the body. That's what happens. So for this person, this man, it's either the memory of a, of a previous lifetime where he was incarcerated and couldn't get out, uh, or it's, uh, it's a memory of being in the birth canal or about to be born. And All right, of, Solar Warden. No. A fear of being born. Right. Yeah. All right, Solar Warden. I hope you found that useful. Uh, now, I think someone else on the YouTube live chat uh, alluded to this. They're kind of scrolling past me, so I don't pick them all up. But uh, it reminded me, I've had dreams uh, going back to my old childhood home. And it's still there. My mother's still there. So I visit, you know, as often as I can. But I'll have a dream of being in that house. It was a small bungalow. and uh, But I'll discover a new room in that house, a hidden room. Another part of the house, that, and it's got furniture, and it's like, well, like maybe even another staircase. And uh, I've always been curious about, and I've had that dream a number of times. What, what does that mean? Rediscovering or finding hidden rooms in a, in a house. Okay. The uh, dwelling is your state of mind. When you go back to your family, uh, back to your family's uh, home, that's your stabilizing, that's your personality, that's your basic character. So you're going back home again. And as you go home, you see the changes that have occurred. Those are the changes that have, have occurred to you in your mind, in your, your mental state, who you are, you're evolving. And you're finding these new places or these new items, these new things, because of course, when you were younger, your home was a snapshot, that's how it was, but now as you've gone through life, you've learned more, you have different personality, you've found different things out about yourself, and that's why the new the uh, room, that's why the furniture is there, because you're embellishing, you're filling up your mind with new things, and when you find this whole new room, that's a whole new consciousness of discovery about yourself. You found out something new about yourself. Ah, interesting. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Quickly, um, the living room is different than the dining room and the kitchen and the bathroom, the upstairs and downstairs. They're all different and they have different meanings, but it all refers to your state of mind, which, again, we're going to talk about at the webinar on Saturday. Very important all right. to, as to the dwellings that you find yourself in. Okay. They all have a specific meaning. D. Silver, that was uh, the question that was very similar to mine. I hope uh, D. Silver found that uh, helpful. Uh, I, Karos, 
Icaros has a strange dream. A couple of nights ago, Icaros had a dream, just randomly appeared on Fairview Street in Burlington, and there was a lot of people walking on the sidewalk, more than you would see in that area, realistically. For some reason, I was dressed in a Japanese schoolgirl uniform and felt like I was being publicly humiliated on the streets. That's all I remember. Okay. Uh, could actually be taking place. This is the psychic newspapers where there's going to be some um, people humiliated because of their race in Hamilton on Burlington Street. I guess that was Hamilton. And that could uh, be. Her- no, Fair- Fairview Street in Burlington. Okay, in Burlington. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm trying to put my mind where that is, um, the location. I because I know where Burlington Street is. But we take it as a position that you're now the dreamer putting yourself into the spectrum of those people, that those Oriental people are dressed in that, that outfit. It could be also a past life remembrance that you were in a previous lifetime, that same nationality. But again, because we only have a little smidgen of this dream, I think this is a real event where she's going to... Um, She's witnessed some um, uh, prejudice that people are going to go through in that area specifically. All right. Interesting. Uh, I hope you uh, found that useful, Icaros. Um, Now, someone also wants to know when you're going to host another Mastering Your Intuition workshop. Well, uh, it's not in in the cards just yet. And I may do this, uh, we're, we're giving this dream webinar a tryout here on the 10th. And then um, uh, uh, many people who come from different parts of the world have asked me this. And matter of fact, there's been like a little a cosmic push. So that could happen, you know, any time before now and the end of the summer. But I, I have no real plans to do it. But and more than likely, we'll be online rather than... Um, like, we were, we, like we were in uh, Fort Worth, Texas, Tech- or in Hamilton. Right. All right. So just keep checking the website, I guess. That's the best yeah, thing. Yeah, keep going yeah. to douglasjamescottrell.com. Now, let's see. We're going to break here for the top of the hour. And uh, when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some, maybe some more of your visions for the future, Douglas. And then we'll, uh, we'll do that remote viewing experiment. So, again, grab a, a notepad, pen, paper, a nice quiet part of the house, maybe a small lamp so you can turn that on without disturbing anyone else and settle in. We'll try and ascertain what this object is that Douglas will have presumably on his desk in in London, but it'll be hidden from view. And um, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed if you can uh, get your your thinking mind out of the way and just see the object. And Douglas will, will walk us Walk us through the uh, the protocols, if you will. All right, Douglas James Cottrell stays with us into the second hour. Hope you'll do the same. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. 